Once upon a time, there was a pretty fly. He had a pretty wife, this pretty fly. But one day she flew away, flew away. Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Five Guys Movies and Fries podcast, where we review and discuss movies. Today we're going to be talking about Night of the Hunter. Night, Night of the Hunter is a 1955 black and white movie. It's it's blends genres, film noir meets southern gothic with a little bit of uh, fantasy surrealism in it. It was influenced by silent movies and German expressionism, specifically the the shadows, the contrasting shadows and the the angles of of sets on screen, directed by Charles Lawton, who at the time was only known as an an actor. He was a very famous actor. Decided to direct a movie, but it was a commercial and critical flop at the time, and he never directed a movie again. He died shortly after. But it's since been reevaluated as one of the greatest movies of all time. Um, It stars Robert Mitchum as Harry Powell, Lillian Gish as Miss Cooper, Shelley Winters as uh, Mrs. Harper, I think. Yeah. And then, of course, there's the two children, John and Pearl. It's about a, wit- a widow-making traveling preacher who has a cellmate who entrusts $10,000 to his two children. And I looked it up. That's about $170,000 in 2020 money. It's a bunch. And... The preacher then marries the widow to get the money. My question for you guys is, where have you seen influences from this movie in movies that have been made since? There's a lot of movies that have uh, thrown in homages and Easter eggs to this movie. And obviously, a lot of movies are, are influenced just by the genre and the, the way of telling this kind of story. So, who are some of the directors you know of who have been influenced by Night of the Hunter? Hmm. And I'll pass the torch to Jesk first. So, I uh, I can't think of any movies offhand that pull directly from it, like like direct homages. Um, I could definitely see um, just the way that this movie is shot. Like, I can see its influence broadly in a lot of indie movies that I watch. Um, more a lot of the things that i see are its influence just on pop culture as a whole like shit if you go down to the cinema downtown there is a massive mural of robert mitchum's character when he has his hand on the thing on the on the banister and has recognize that image from somewhere yeah yep there's a huge mural of it down the cinema and i see stuff like that all the time this is definitely one of those movies i feel like i've been swirling for years um but uh yeah i mean i could definitely see the influence in some ways it's more i feel like the influence that i see is more just from german expressionism as a whole than from this movie um but that could just be because i haven't seen any movies that directly pull from it 
Well, that was a an influence on Night of the Hunter. I'm talking about movies that were influenced by Night of the Hunter. Yeah, that's what I'm saying is I think a lot of the influences that I would feel came from this probably just came gotcha. from German Expressionism as a whole. Gotcha. Um, who else has got something? Really can't think of. <laughs> yeah. Me either. That's kind of that's that's what I'm talking about. Like that's the kind of question I'd want to like keep in my mind while I'm watching it. Ah, uh, yeah. Mm. It's definitely something I'll keep in mind, though. Maybe I might have something later in the call. Yeah, I'll I'll wait yeah. till the end to to give you a few examples. I guess what from what I'm seeing, it's uh, some films that have received influence are uh, like Coen Brothers' Raising Arizona and The Big Lebowski. Oh, Ra- Raising Arizona is actually a a good shout out there. Yeah, I, I think about that movie for two seconds, and I could totally see. Yeah, it. yeah. I mean, the the homage is the quote about abiding. That's the Coen yes, Brothers is yes. a good example. But I don't. Oh, sure. I don't know. What's your thought process on raising Arizona? Oh, I'm. Oh. That's literally something I looked up. <laughs> oh, okay, gotcha. For me, I guess the first movie that kind of pops into my mind, oddly enough, is There Will Be Blood. Um, sure. I, yeah, sure. yeah. I see yeah. a lot of. Th- uh, like visual similarities, um, but also just the idea of this father figure um, using his child as a way to get money, I guess you could say. Um, Makes sense, yeah. Yeah, he's also quite an imposing force, uh, both Harry Powell and the lead character of There Will Be Blood that I can't remember the name of at the moment. Daniel Plainview. Thank you, yes. Um, But I could definitely see some similarities between the two of them. Yeah, and, and blending religion and horror is another yep. uh, theme of this movie. Yeah, it's hard for me to there's, take... Oh, go ahead. There's also, I mean, there's a ton of movies where, like, kids have a MacGuffin and a bad guy is trying to get it from them. Yeah. You know? I mean, that's that's a pretty worn formula by Just now. Just the, the idea had, of... Had to start somewhere. Right. Yeah, absolutely. The idea of that bad figure, like the person trying to take the MacGuffin from the children, being a member of their family and sneaking his way into their family, especially done in this way. Because like you see stuff like that in like newer crappy family movies all the time, like Freaky Friday and garbage movies like that. Um, but to see it done this well, like he's imposing, you know what I mean? Like he feels like a bad stepdad, you know, like he just feels like a piece of shit coming in and the kids see it, you know, and like nobody around him believes him. It just has this tinge of horror to it. Like I, I felt for those kids to the majority of the movie. Oh yeah. What did you guys think about the score? Great. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. I think it, it really. It puts you in the emotional mindset, you know, which is what it's there for. Mm. I feel like I've heard that opening song in a number of other things, but not, and I like it, but um, I'm trying to think of the name of it. Yeah, I don't know. It almost felt a little overbearing at times, but then I was like, this movie's like 80, 70 years old or whatever. Like it is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Meaning on everlasting. I think that's, I mean, that's the style back then was yeah. for the score. I mean, they're like not that far in front of, you know, silent movies where the score was literally all the sound, you know? Yeah. 
So they, the medium was evolving, you know? This, this is, is a step in it. This is probably one of the first older movies I've seen where the score didn't take me out of it. Like, a lot of times, I think the reason I bounce off of older flicks is just because I don't like the scores. Like, I, I get that they were good at the time, but growing up with the movies that I've grown up with now, it's really hard to go back and listen to these orchestras and these flutes and shit, especially in a movie that's supposed to be a horror movie. But this one felt like it really leaned into the horror sounds. Yeah. There was one scene where I thought I was kind of thrown off by the, the score is during the... Uh, um. Excuse me. Um, God, I've got the boat scene. No, not not necessarily the boat scene. I really liked Pearl's. I really liked Pearl's lullaby. Like Pearl's lullaby that she sings there is is great. Yeah, uh, I, I feel uh, like some uh, people would complain that it was dubbed. Um, but the scene, the Willa's death scene. It's it, you know, it's it's shot to um, it's shot to put you know a sense of dread right on, on Willa, but then it goes into kind of this much more positive sounding score. After See? It, yep. It, it, I didn't, I didn't feel the suspense and the, during the second half of that scene because the movie shifted right after, right after, uh, right after Harry slaps her. Yeah. A modern movie would have, you know, dragged out the murder scene much longer too. I, I kind of like that it didn't, and you can definitely see the German expressionism in that scene specifically, with just those really stark shadows. Yeah. Yeah. And their their bedroom was supposed to look like a chapel. Ooh, I get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. And she has a halo over her head when she dies as well. I did catch that. She also, maybe it's from the same scene, I might be mixing it up, but she, um, yeah, I think it is from that same scene. Yeah, she's like got her head on the pillow and then there's the light around it. Yeah, 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 same scene. Yep. I I really like the motif. How is, whenever you hear leaning, can you guys hear this? No, heard no. the heard it heard it for a second, and then it went quiet. Okay, I I put some of these audio files in a soundboard. Oh, nice. <laughs> but they're playing from my speakers, which is too far away from 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 the mic. But yeah, I was saying I like the, the motif, how as soon as you hear leaning, you feel fear. The barn scene is the best example, when they're sleeping in the barn, and then they yeah, hear yeah. it before you see him, and then That's you crazy. see it. Yeah. And I'm, I'm wondering, what is his deal? Does he actually never sleep? Like, but... That would explain why he's fucking crazy. Yes, it would. <laughs> I'm not even sure that dude was actually a preacher. That's crazy. I don't know if he no. was just a con man saying he was a preacher, if he was actually a preacher. You're actually I think right. he believed what he's saying, because like, he's saying that shit to himself in the car at the beginning. When I was like, reading, yeah, yeah. If it was an act, he wouldn't be doing the act all by himself. You I suppose, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. What I read so in I the wiki he is believes that... It. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, sorry. What I read in the wiki was that... Um, Initial the according in the original book, he is a preacher, but uh, audience was audiences would have a very difficult time seeing a preacher portray doing something so evil. So they decided to just have a have uh, Robert Mitchell portray a criminal who's who fakes as a preacher. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And it was also during the time of the Hayes Code where they would censor themselves 
because there was all these things were prohibited. They couldn't show religion being shown in that kind of light. So they, they changed a few lines, like when he's talking to the judge, and the judge just calls him Harry Powell's, or Harry Powell, and then he, he says, no, it's Reverend Harry Powell, and the judge doesn't, uh, he doesn't correct himself. So they changed a few lines to make it seem like he was sort of a, a con man and not an ordained minister. But it's, it's pretty, pretty bold in 1955 to show a, a murdering preacher. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, this movie was surprisingly dark for the time. Like, Although, was... like, they barely show the murder. Yeah, no, you're like, right. He kind of leans over with a knife, and that's it. <laughs> Cut. <laughs> yeah, just the fact that, like, their dad gets arrested and then hung, and then, like... That scene with the mom, oh my god, that scene with the mom in the river, it shows her in the car with her hair flowing in the river, such a great <laughs> so, shot. It was yeah. a great shot. How did, how did they get that shot? It, like, it was a mannequin, not a real person. Okay. Well, yeah, okay. of course, but like, how do you get a shot through water? Like, like no river in existence is that clear. It right? was not, yeah, in a, f- not, not in a real river. Yeah. Sorry, I, I know everything about this movie. They filmed it all. They know it all. It was all on a stage. Okay. They filmed everything, including huh. when they were tra- traveling down the river. Huh. That's interesting. Yeah, I remember thinking when you see the car at the bottom of the river, I was like, what river are you ever going to see? <laughs> right, yeah. <clears throat> oh, because it was so clear? Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, the, right. the, what got me was the, the dude up top in the boat being able to look down and see her. Like, you'd never be able to just look into a river and see exactly what's down there. Not nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really liked uh, that scene. Um, a, lot, a lot of the cinematography in this movie was fantastic especially like the flying shots in the beginning. I was like, how the hell did they do these back then? Some of those looked pretty shaky to me, but yeah, they were, they were, you know, cool. (laughs) Just, just even still like for the technology they had back then, like I was like, what was this like on a plane? Like, cause then there's the one that like floats right down to the, to the uh the You're barn right. where the first lady's killed and i'm like was this like a balloon oh, that they right. did in reverse or something yeah. like i don't know how the fuck did they do that i'm feeling like I mean, nowadays you do a drone but yeah that i don't I know guess it's on like a, a rip cord and a pulley i mean it was pretty high up though super super high crane that possible could be that yeah it was pretty impressive either way. I was like, whoa, this is this is pretty dang good for how old or was it this. just like high up and they zoomed? Did they have no, it couldn't have been that it was no. too too clear when it was because then the camera was on the ground. Yeah, that's true. I, f- I feel like they probably did it from like a hot air balloon and then did it in reverse. Like they just start. It looks like it's floating oh, down, sure. but yeah. they actually filmed it. You know what I mean? So right. And that's pretty fucking impressive, too, that they were able to pull that off, if that's what they did. Yeah. I, I honestly don't know. Hmm. Uh, Yo, know, I did not... I really liked Miss Cooper at the end of the movie, but I really did not like Harper in the beginning. Harper was driving me nuts. That's the, that's the chick who worked at the, at the ice cream shop, right? Like the older woman who worked at the ice cream shop? Her, her name was Icy Spoon. 
<laughs> so I like, hated that woman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mrs. Harper was uh the, the mom of the children. Oh yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Yeah. Um Yeah, no, I hate Icy Spoon too. And she led the she led the the mob at the end of the movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that mob was crazy. That scene was kinda mixed uh I mean there there was like I don't know, keep going with what you were saying, Jess, about Icy Spoon. Um, well, I was just, I was just going to flip right over to the, to the, uh, um, the, uh, crowd at the end. Cause I felt like that really didn't, I'm not exactly sure what the point of that was. Yeah. So, that's why the movie was off the rails for me. <laughs> it's, I guess he still had some followers in his hometown and Icy Spoon was the leader of them, I guess. Cause, cause at the trial, everyone was yelling Bluebeard, which if you don't know, that means wife killer. And then, like, it's so short afterwards, then the the people have kind of changed their mind, but it's a different group of people. It's it's kind of rushed at the ending. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't pick up quite what it was trying to go for at <laughs> all. That, that's my big qualm with this movie, is that there's sort of a confused message. Because when you watch the first half of it, it seems like the message is going to be that the children need to grow up fast, take care of yourselves if you're going to survive. But then they find Miss Cooper, mm-hmm. and then she's just their protector. And the message seems to be that it's a tough world for little things. <laughs> yeah. Yo, I don't doubt for a second that Cooper would have taken him out. Oh, yeah. Real quick. That lady That's... messing around. I'm surprised she didn't. Quicker. That's... That scream he does. <laughs> so <laughs> funny. Oh God, that was fucking howling was on his way Looney Tunes out, level. Out <laughs> it sounded like Goofy. Straight oh. up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was looped a couple times. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. That was terrible. That was some insane shit. That, that was kind of weird. I did like his scream when he was chasing them, trying to get into their boat. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Like, that was actually terrifying. Yeah. Some of the stuff that he did was it was truly like like horrifying. Like he he did a fantastic job. Did. That whole bit where he's chasing after him on the way to the boat, it felt like they couldn't find a way to make him slower than the kids, so they just have to No, just trip again. Just trip again. No, that one's really slippery. We need you to slip real quick. <laughs> <laughs> Felt like watching somebody try to start a car in a horror movie. Just could not get it done. They're like, throw some more brush in front of him. <laughs> Even more brush. Like, put some more brush in front All of him. All the brush. <laughs> He's just cutting it with his fucking pocket knife, too. Like, I, no. <laughs> I don't know. I, I disagree with that. I, I was invested in those scenes. When, when he chased them out of the basement and into the boat, I thought it was pretty realistic. It wasn't until they, like, got to the boat that it started to feel not that way. Like him chasing them, like they keep doing the cuts back and forth to show that he's like far away and running up. And that was yeah. like believable. But like right towards the end, it really felt like he was getting too close to the boat. So we need to find ways to keep him away from the boat. Like just at that last bit of the chase scene there. I did really like um, the beginning of it though. Like you were saying in the basement. Right. That felt yeah. Super imposing. I like that a lot. He just felt imposing in general. Honestly, yeah. like every time yeah. he was around the kids, I felt uncomfortable. Oh, he's so much taller than everybody else in the movie, too. Mm-hmm. Especially the kids. The shot of him creeping up the stairs with his hands extended is one of the best in this yeah. movie. Yeah. 
but I don't. I I feel like in the in the water, like it was deep water. It was muddy. Like John and Pearl had trouble getting to the boat too. True. 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 Yeah. But they're lighter, so they'd have a little less trouble, right? In mud. I don't know. Is that how that works? I would think so. <laughs> That's what I was looking at because I wanted to make sure when uh, Harry was pursuing them to the skiff that he wasn't going like knee deep into the water and into the mud. And so and just noticing that it's just him dropping down to his knee to to slip on the mud and whatnot. But Oh, I thought he was oh, knee deep. Okay. I, I got a yeah. I tried, to, I tried to take a close look at his his left leg when he slips one of those times on the mud. And at first, I wanted I I wanted to see whether he submer- actually submerges or. But I, I I can see his foot behind him, so he's you know intentionally slipping just to oh, he slipped sure. okay. play, play the scene well. But yeah, it, it, it works, I guess. <laughs> it worked for me, but I don't know. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, I, I'm a big fan of hidden information from audiences. I really love the fact that you don't know where the money is until maybe yes. a quarter of the way from the movie. Yeah. Yes. Did you guys figure it out though? No. I knew immediately. <laughs> no way. Yeah, like yeah. literally within like a. I was like, oh, she's got a doll. He's gonna put it in the fucking doll. Yeah. Oh. I was just like, that's where it is. And then sure enough, I was like, oh, okay, yeah. Oh, and he was telling her, telling him to protect Pearl because he knows Pearl is gonna keep that doll with her. That makes sense. Yeah. I don't know. That, that, makes, that all makes super sense now. to me. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't to me. Wow. What can I Did say? That... I'd make a good murder guy with money i don't know <laughs> <laughs> you guys need some murder money ahead just come you, to me you need a murder guy with money <laughs> i'm your guy with money <laughs> and murder did that did that impair your 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 uh experience no not at all no i actually really like this movie and i had a hard time watching it um cuz i was trying to deal with my baby the entire time um, so that was like a bit of a, you know, I mean, obviously I'm, I'm focused on him. So then it's like, oh, I'm not focused on the movie as much as I'd like to, but I still paid good enough attention to know, you know, pretty much what was going on the whole time and really enjoyed it. I felt like there was a few parts that got a little bit long winded. Um, but I think that's just a product of the times, you know, these older movies, they weren't as snappy as we like them now. Cause we're all, you know, onto the next thing every 10 seconds. Thanks to the fast paced world we live in now. So, you know, yeah, but no, it, uh, it certainly didn't impair it. Um, yeah, they the, don't even lean into it. Like it, there's no like close up shots of the doll all the time. Yeah. It's, it's mm-hmm. until you find out, you're just, I can see how people wouldn't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just, I, it just seemed obvious to me right away. Cause I'm always looking for like the hiding spots in video games and shit like that. And so I was just hmm. like, Oh, it's going to go on the doll. Like that's where that's the best place to put it. It was a solid spot too. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Like for a while there, I was like pretty stashed around the house. And I was like, there's no way he stashed it around the house <laughs> for a minute. I thought he had it on the skiff. Oh yeah, I, mean, I couldn't put it together on how he would have sure. gotten the skiffing back in time, but it's right. like that was, yeah. that's where my brain went. I was like, it's got to be on the skiff. I love hmm. that guy who helped him with the skiff, Uncle. What I don't know what his name was. Uncle Uncle Billy. Yeah, he uh, was. Birdie. He was Birdie. great. Yeah. What a character! Holy that shit. that dude dropped the ball. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
I did like the whole time. He's like, "You ever need me? You come to me." And then the one time they come to him, he's just passed out drunk on the floor. Just shit face. <laughs> Go, Uncle Bill. <laughs> yeah, he. I. I liked him a lot, though. Every almost every line he had was like a like weird like phrase, like old timey phrase, and they're really funny. Yeah. Um, and then like the song that he was singing to with his banjo was great. Yeah, a lot of a lot of. Uh, how can I not think of the word? Music in the movie. Not soundtrack, but like a lot of people singing and whistling. Diagenic. Yes, thank you. Diagenic, yeah. A lot of diagenic music in this movie. I like that uh, the preacher is constantly singing when he's coming up. Yes. Yeah. It's like both imposing plus the dude can sing, so it's nice too. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It worked. Worked really well. Uh, I I couldn't help but think that one of the kids that was hitting on, uh, was it Ruby? Their name, yeah, looked looked yeah. a lot like Jimmy Stewart to me. Like I know it wasn't; it was way too young to be Jimmy Stewart, but he looked like Jimmy Stewart. Hmm. Mitchum, Mitchum has the biggest butt chin I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at pictures of this dude right now, that dude is the biggest butt chin comparable to yeah. Bruce Campbell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I haven't really seen him in much. I'm like looking through his uh, list right now. And... I'm sure that I haven't. I think I saw him in Patton for sure. I'm like looking through other stuff and I'm not really seeing a whole lot. It's maybe the first film I've seen him in. For all I oh, he played, he played Philip Marlowe in a movie. Farewell, my lovely. Nice. I really and like my sleep. I really like the scene uh, where he's like really trying to get the like where the location of the money is out of them right before they go to the basement and and Pearl's like, but John said I couldn't tell you or something like that. And he's like, John doesn't matter. It's like, damn. Yeah, he he flipped pretty quickly when he was interrogating uh, Pearl. Yes, that was that was a great scene. I really I really liked the way that he acted there. I thought that he did a great job. He's actually he's made some music. He's got a couple albums here. It's not surprising. The man Robert Mitchum sings. <laughs> <laughs> Calypso is like so. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. <laughs> Here's a picture of him at the 1991 can. I wanted to touch on the scene where they're floating away in the boat, too. Um, I uh, absolutely loved that scene. Um, it had like a dreamlike quality to it that like movies nowadays just can't touch for some reason. I don't know. I think it's a product of the time kind of thing. But it felt a lot like if you guys ever watched the movie Finian's Rainbow, uh, that movie has a lot of moments like that. Um Ooh which is a fantastic movie and we should do sometime on here because uh, it's an older movie that I've actually watched <laughs> and it's great. Um, but uh, I, I just, I don't know that whole scene where they're just floating away and like the stars blinking in the background and everything. It, it just movies can't yeah. do that anymore. You know, they look too good nowadays to capture that kind of weird haziness. I, yeah. I love the way the stars looked fake in that. Like they, it, it looks perfect. Yeah, and the shop with like the cobweb and or just like a normal web, I suppose. But yeah, it just it all I don't know. That's and then her 
her uh, lullaby there is great. It just, it all comes together to make like this weird kind of like cutting point for the movie. And I guess that is where the movie kind of turns, right? Cause like up yeah, until yeah. that point it was, it was like how you said, you know, and then from that point on, it's more about this lady's going to take care of you. <laughs> yeah. That, that is one of the best scenes really influential probably on Guillermo del Toro as well as the, uh, the underwater scene. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, I didn't um, think about that. Good point. Yeah, it, it probably is like representing their dreams on the boat. That's that's something he did making this movie. Another uh, interesting example is when Ruby goes into town, there's neon signs attached to buildings. Mm-hmm. There's just like signs that say restaurant and things like that that aren't actually attached to stores. Drugs. Yeah, drugs. <laughs> drugs. Yeah, yeah. Really stood out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I loved it. <laughs> I was, I was like, as soon as I saw that, it just went through my head. I was like, so could you just like go to the store and just buy drugs back then? And I was like, yeah, you could. Yeah. Because <laughs> they didn't give a shit back then. You talk, you talk about all the drug signs everywhere? <laughs> yeah. This, this whole movie is, I mean, it's a, it's a commentary on the kind of shit you could get away with. Uh, in, I mean, is it supposed to be set in like the Depression? In the 30s, yeah. Yeah. It's like in the time when you know, communication just wasn't what it is now or anywhere near it. Like where you could go from town to town, marrying widows and taking their money and yeah, getting just, away with it. And just okay. killing yeah. people all over with no consequence. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. He was basically like, he was like a serial killer before they knew what serial killers were kind of, yeah, you know what I mean? Sure. Like, did you see that this is based on a true story? Yeah. Damn. No. I did not no, it's, know that. It's, it's influenced by a, a serial killer, but it's or based it's on a book. By, yeah. But yeah. yeah, it's this guy who, you know, would. Uh, he was a, a widow maker. Widows and kill them, take their money. <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking at uh, Recession when it came out, and people are just hating on it. Objectionable. <laughs> Objectionable. <laughs> Out of the question. <laughs> Next time I see a bad movie, I'm gonna call it objectionable. Yeah. <laughs> I'm bringing it back. <laughs> New Batman movie, objectionable. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if half yeah. those people are just offended because it's it's damaged their Christian beliefs. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably you probably couldn't probably. make a movie that said anything about Christians back then, no. like you can now. <clears throat> yeah, you couldn't say the word God or Jesus or Christ in a context that wasn't reverent, right? Yeah, that's that's whack. That's that's, that's one of the things. Out of, out of all the things this movie, I think the one thing that really I struggled with as a viewer was just how hard it leaned into Christianity. Like it just had these really strong Christian themes, especially from like. Um, Harper at the end, not Harper. Uh, Cooper at the end. Oh, yeah. Like it just ends with like her talking about scripture and shit, and it's just there's just a lot of that towards the end of the movie. And I get why it's there because it contrasts with him. Like you see her being like true Christian and taking the kids in, and like looking out for him versus him who's like faux Christian and like trying to steal money and hanging out at whore houses and walking around with a switchblade. I don't even know if he. I don't even know if he was Christian because he like. 
Well, that's the whole idea. I think that's the whole idea. Right, is right. like he's just playing at it versus somebody well, who actually is. Well, I don't, and I don't even know if he was playing at it really because like he never explicitly talks about Christ, does he? Like he just no. like he just he talks like, about the like Old he Testament. sings all these religious songs. Yeah, and... and talks about like the Old Testament and like God yeah. and stuff. But Jesus was from the New Testament, right? So right, yeah. yeah. I feel like that's that was kind of like the dichotomy there is like he's he's the Old Testament. That's what he believes in. That's why he's all down with like murder and shit. And he even says like in the beginning or whatever, he's like, you you kill plenty of people. You're cool with that or whatever. <laughs> like, whoa, OK, right. this dude's bad shit. <laughs> well, it's, it's really just like people taking what they want from religion and yes. forgetting the rest. Good old cherry you know? picking. Yeah, right. you're right. And um, at the one of the final scenes where uh, Lillian Gish is singing or Robert Mitchum is singing Leaning. Lillian Gish starts singing Leaning on Jesus. <laughs> that was yes. so yeah. weird. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I loved it. I thought it was, I, I loved that scene. I thought it was great. What, one thing it I don't get, well. at the beginning of the movie, it almost plays like he's this serial killer who likes to kill women of ill repute. Like every time a girl starts to like flirt with him or get a little too, I'm going to use the term slutty, but that's just how the movie viewed it. Yeah. Um, he isn't like the switchblade was just out. Yeah. yeah, like when like Ruby's flirting with him, the switchblade's just out, and I, they push that I really hard. But I don't see how that translates into anything important in regards to the plot. I think I don't know <laughs> if this is for the plot, but I think it 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 like sta- is a stand-in for his erection, essentially. Yeah, right. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. as soon Why as did... that shit happens, every time he just like it just pops out, and he pokes the hole in his jacket like several <laughs> times because of it. It's like, well, you know. I mean, <laughs> Yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty overt when he's like in the at the strip club and it's just like poking out of the hole in his coat. Yeah. It's like, whoa, buddy! <laughs> yeah, like, like, you, man. Can, you can see that same kind of thing uh, in like probably seventy-five percent of the episodes of Criminal Minds, right? <laughs> yeah. where, where someone is aroused and they kill the woman. You know, <laughs> yeah. that's good old Criminal Minds. <laughs> he like goes out of his way to like not sleep with the mother mm-hmm. you know? and that that really got me thinking a little bit because like you would think if he was of ill repute like if he wasn't actually like a preacher or a christian man that he would jump right up in there and he's like so opposed to it he's just like what are you nuts like absolutely well, no way i mean he lays out <laughs> that he's opposed to having children i think he just doesn't want to be fathering children all over oh, the country. okay i i miss i misunderstood what he was saying there i yeah. think and i'm just throwing this out there he may have been a virgin maybe <laughs> you think so I, he, I could have, he could have also been a closeted homosexual yeah director. possibly yeah. something like that because yeah. he like okay he like explicitly acts like he doesn't even want to have sex at all um and it it seems like i don't know to me it came from a place of like an like awkwardness almost and then like through that like anger almost in an incel kind of way like people are now you know what i mean like i I don't know Mm -hmm. that's just how i kind of read that yeah he was like ready to shut her down when she came out of the bathroom yeah in that early scene like he's just like shut the window like the moment she said something he's like 
listen, bitch. And of just course like you immediately want to have lays sex it down. With me. Yeah, because you're because you're a <laughs> slut. That's basically how he acted. And it's like it's like, no, that's not right. But you're a crazy psychopath, so you would think weird ways like that. So <laughs> And that's yeah. where I get the mixed feeling from is because they push his character like that, especially early in the movie, they push his character as this guy who's just like super opposed to women being of ill repute but really the core of the movie is just about him trying to get the money from these kids so i don't see where the two really play together so much i'm probably just not putting it together um it's just like plot stuff i think if he was also physically taking advantage of the woman it would just it would push that i mean we've talked about how we can't show the audience a preacher killing people or whatever you know like it would just be another button that would be getting pushed on the christians you know i was crazy enough when you like see the murder happen pretty much i was like whoa for a movie this old that's that's intense Mm -hmm. (laughs) so they they cut that out of the plot it seems like to uh to just like like you said to keep the focus on him just trying to get the money from the kids is it like like straight up nosferatu over her bed (laughs) (laughs) is it like that in the book joe I've never read it. Okay. Well, yeah. thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, could, I could skim the Wikipedia and get back to you, but... All right, I'll let's pause, and then uh, Joe's going to get back to us with his cliff notes. <laughs> Hold Maybe. on, viewer, we'll be right back. <laughs> um, listener. Nick, you haven't had a chance to chime in too much. What are your thoughts? Uh, well, um, our sp- I guess we're just pretty much focusing on discussion and not passing a torch or anything. Yeah, I just I just noticed that you haven't yeah, chimed in too much, fine. so I want to make sure we're not trampling over you. Yeah, no, not at all. I I've I've just pretty much been in the background, just sort of just trying to take in everything because I'm <laughs> I'm very I I could say I usually say I'm the, the most airheaded of the bunch here, where I just kind of <laughs> try to soak up what people are saying rather than mm-hmm. try to process it. Um, I mean, I just call you a piece of shit, but sure, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. No, what you, what you got, man? Tell her it's ten fifteen, and then turn on the light. Throw some mm-hmm. uh, throw some notes at us. Well, Jeff yells at his girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking, I I thought it was cute during the scene where Pearl is cutting up the money, <laughs> and then yes. and then when when John comes in, John comes in, and he he's just like. He tried to put it back in. She's like, it's all here as if she actually like went through the process of <laughs> counting it like a criminal. Like, God, <laughs> yeah. I couldn't I chuckle at her. It's all here. Dude, I yeah, hated that... that little girl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Let me tell you though. She, she didn't give it up. She didn't give it up. No. <laughs> no. Damn, that's funny. Molander's <laughs> like this bitch. <laughs> no, yeah, she she was, I mean, you know, she's like an annoying little girl. What are you going to do? Yeah. Speaking of the kids, though, I got to say, John, the, the kid who yes. played John was not a terrible child actor. Yes, thank no. you. Good. Next yeah. time I was going to fucking say Billy Chapin, the kid who played John, like, he, like he's a handsome-ass kid, and he fucking, he seemed like he was nailing his parts left and right. Yeah, he wasn't like, doing, like, usually I, I can't stand child actors, but, like, I didn't hate him when he was on screen, so that's definitely a right. good thing. It's, there's always <laughs> so, so many ways to go with, like, child actors, because, I mean, when, when, when you, when you actually, like, get sucked into their parts, uh, like, into their scenes and it's hard to tell whether they they're just like they've had the best coaching or whether they were actually like co- almost like influenced on set to put put on such a good portrayal 
like, but yeah, he said like Billy, Billy Chapman, the kid who played John seemed like acting was in his fucking blood. Like I would love to see other things that kid has been in. Yeah. Like but what I he think, grew into. Yeah. Right. I didn't think Pearl was Whoa, too terrible take... either. You know, she, just, know. Yeah. she played the annoying little sister role pretty well. I mean, right. Just... I'll, I'll, uh, I'll clarify the actress, <laughs> the child actress did a very good job of playing that little girl. I hated that little girl though. <laughs> <laughs> it's like some Joffrey shit. Yeah. Like, wow, this kid really killed it as Joffrey. Cause holy right. shit, everybody hates him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah kind of yeah. the harsh, hardest criticism I have of, of, uh, Pearl, or at least the the act actress, the young child actress of Pearl, was the the forced smile that comes on her face when John's telling the story, telling her a bedtime story. <laughs> Close up, yeah. just it looks so forced. It doesn't look like a natural smile at all. Where I feel like it's not that difficult to make kids smile these days. Or, or I don't know how you know. Yeah, they should have yeah. just CGI'd it. I don't know why the fuck they didn't do that. Like, <laughs> come on, man. <laughs> how many millions of dollars went into this movie, and they're just. <laughs> <laughs> um Fire i get that bitch <laughs> <laughs> cut her out <laughs> get I, definitely, I definitely got uh choked up a little teary-eyed when uh john presents miss cooper with the the apple wrapped in the doily yeah, like that. yeah. <laughs> really that, i thought it was so cheesy okay but here's the thing though is for me the scene that really got me was when she was like uh reading out of the bible to the kids and he like comes in and they both have an apple and he like touches her hand yeah and like makes contact with her that's really what kicked me in the dick like that was was good I, did, I don't know though the doily apple thing like he literally just walks over and he's just like yeah this will this will do and he just like grabs it puts it <laughs> yeah. the thing and like clips mostly, it up or something i was just like what the hell <laughs> yeah. and mostly be- because it was a callback to that scene okay, yeah, okay. that's that's why that that's why that scene was him giving her the apple was better for me yeah, yeah. <clears throat> well he you, was like well, you he guys was are both wrong bond with it. he didn't have anybody to bond with it all you know like he right. didn't have he didn't like have his, as much of a relationship with his own mother. Yeah. That. Yeah, the one person that felt like he did have a relationship with I felt like he had more of a relationship with his dad in the 10 seconds we saw them interact. <laughs> yeah. Than he did with almost anybody else in the movie. So to see him yeah. finally connect with somebody who's like actually well, or, a decent person. Uh, the drunk dude. Oh Uncle yeah, Uncle, yeah, Uncle Billy. Yeah. Unky. And my Yo, favorite line birdie birdies was <laughs> when he yanked, the, he yanked the fish out of the river and it's like, there you slimy snag toothpaste. Oh my God, that scene was great. Straight into his boat. <laughs> it's great. I love it. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit. That's what I'm saying. Like every line that that dude has pretty much is goddamn hilarious. <laughs> All these like ridiculous ass old timey phrases and shit. It's it's perfect. <laughs> yes, so and so. I'm so spoiled by newer horror movies that I half expected him to like try to help the kids and then get taken out by right. uh, Robert Mitchum's character, and instead him just being drunk, passed out on the floor, felt better to me. <laughs> like it was it was like I I was like I know exactly how this is gonna go. I've seen a horror movie before, and it did not go that way, and it just felt truer to his character it was more like, realistic i almost wonder if it was just like a plugged in alcohol is bad message to help appease the christians you know what yeah, i mean yeah, yeah. 
When was uh, Prohibition? When was that? It ended in uh, like, the early 30s. Yeah. Okay. So it, probably then, yeah, because this was this was set in the Depression era. So it was right. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. The, him immediately thinking that they were going to blame him if he, like, reported... That seemed him. a little off to me. Yeah. He's just like, they're going to think it was me. They're going to think it was me. It's like, why? Why would they yeah. think it was you? Well, I think he's got some <laughs> history there. He found him? I don't know. There's a story we're not being told. <laughs> maybe he was, I murdered my yeah. wife, so... Well, yeah, maybe, maybe he was suspected of murdering his wife, even though he didn't uh, do it. There maybe. we go. That's That must be what it was. Now, let's face it. He's, and, got, he's got hundreds of bodies buried in the fucking river. <laughs> <laughs> he sees that, he sees that, that showboat coming to, come to shore all the time. He knows its schedule. Like... There's there's a lot going on with that guy. He's been, he's been killing somebody once a week. Sequel sequel on that sequel. line before putting it in the river and then pulling the fish out of the river and go, check it out! <laughs> if I tell them about this body that I saw, then they'll find all the rest of the bodies that I killed. <laughs> <Yeah. down. laughs> that's, that's why he was so upset when he saw her floating there, because he was like, oh shit, there's a body. Like, I thought I hit them better. <laughs> yeah, if I, like, murder means cops, and cops means they're going to start nosing around. They start nosing around, they're going to find my meth lab in the back of the skiff next to the Liquor lab. Oh, Yo. They're going to find my steel. <laughs> <laughs> Harry's so sing-songy that uh, the 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 chase scene where he's chasing the kids towards the skiff and they and they finally get away. When he starts humming, I half expect him to break out into the song and before he starts yeah. actually wailing. I, I half expected him to just totally start singing something. Swing low, sweet Jerry. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> oh, well, this is out of place. <laughs> um, Turns into a musical. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 Oh man! Like, oh no! Mob scene. Everybody immediately just starts tap dancing and shit. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. We covered oh, Willa's death scene, which was very heartbreaking but extremely well shot. Um, did you guys catch that shot underneath the cows? I like like when they get to the barn. Yeah, the yeah. Where it just pans underneath them. I, I don't know. I liked that scene a lot. It was. I thought that was well shot. What do you like seeing the udders or? Oh, hell yeah, bro. It's <laughs> like 25 titties or something. I'm in. That's <laughs> slow drip coming from the udder. Yeah, that drip. <laughs> Cow's got drip, yeah. <laughs> yeah, fuck uh, the cinematography. Yeah, it was all about them titties. <laughs> I'm, 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 I like getting adjusted to these older mid, mid-century movies where people are being a people are addressed by both of the, like their first and last name all the time. I'm not used to yeah. that, but I'm actually like kind of enjoying just the, the exposure to older movies like this. Yeah. It turns out old movies are fucking phenomenal. Weird. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like they paved the way, right? <laughs> Wild spoon. <laughs> oh man. I, I do really enjoy watching these older movies. The, uh, I don't know if, few months ago we were over at my mom's for the night and we were watching what was it just gone with the wind and it was yeah we watched gone with the wind with them i'm pretty sure and and it was just like wow this is just a fucking amazing movie no wonder like obviously everybody knows that but dude well, you want yeah. to talk about movies that did not age well yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah still good movie things. still good movie yeah. but you know it's yeah it's got its problems there was there was a lot of things in this movie that just definitely felt like a product of the time like ruby 
gets ice cream bought for her and immediately is just sploosh like all over the place. I love him. I love him so much. Like he bought yeah. you a magazine. What was up with that? Yeah, and then like, and then like Cooper isn't even like yo like she like she, the way she comes at him uh, at her is like yeah I know you're trying to find yourself a husband and throw out a litter of kids like every woman wants to do but just not this guy. It's like <laughs> whoa. How did she know right away that he wasn't a preacher? Well, he was asking about the kids. He had the tats on her hand, and she probably assumed that if he had the tats, then he must have been of ill repute. Okay, that that makes sense. Because she did, she noticed them almost immediately. She mm. looked at them and like kind of gave him a side eye. Plus, I think she just trusted the kids. So I think the moment that uh, John was like, "That's not our dad," she was like, "I'm gonna believe this kid." Yeah, because Cooper's an absolute G. Oh, you know what I just realized? I was trying to think. Like, I know I've heard that like left hand, right hand, love hate thing before, and yeah. it, it just occurred to me. It's in do the right thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, he does that. God. He does that same thing almost verbatim in do the right thing. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah, he's got like he has like brass knuckles me. or something, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. right. So there's the name. Yeah, I haven't seen that movie in forever. <laughs> It's like one of the very few things I remember from that movie. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. It's been a while. Um, I also, it occurred to me, the uh, the evil preacher dude from uh, Poltergeist 2 is probably modeled on... Oh, that's uh, another movie I haven't seen. Poltergeist 2? I haven't, I haven't <laughs> seen it. How is that? Not it's, good? Uh, it's okay. a Poltergeist movie. <laughs> Poltergeist sequel. Yeah. <laughs> it's a Poltergeist sequel, yeah. Gotcha. I would I would say other influences. Obviously, the Conan the Cohen brothers have uh, made homages to this, and they they generally show small towns, small town America, blended yeah. with with noir. Uh, Tarantino in Pulp Fiction. He, um, there's the one character who quotes the Bible. Um. And uh, Guillermo del Toro with blending fantasy and horror. Um, and there's one other one I can't think of. <laughs> Jeff, I'm pretty sure I've seen that guy down at the bus station <laughs> several times. <laughs> Quoting with the tattoos, yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you, I wouldn't hate a cigarette. I'd love it. <laughs> Another movie that was searched for along with uh, Night of the Hunters, No Country for Old Men. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, money, you know, money being sought by, well, not multiple parties, in, at least in Night of the Hunter, but um, Javier Bardem's character per- potentially portraying evil. Just yeah. that whole hunt aspect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just yeah, a character yeah. being hunted down over money. Yep. Um, yeah, I really didn't. I didn't didn't have anything else really, but I thoroughly enjoyed this fucking movie. Why? Yeah, was... this is this is one of those older movies that, like, as someone who wasn't raised on black and white old school movies, um, it could be hard to go back and watch a movie like this. Um, but I feel like a movie from the this time period, like one of these really older flicks. If it's still watchable and good at this point, I think that's really a testament to how well it holds up. Like this or like Citizen Kane or something like that. Like I could watch that movie and stay awake and enjoy it the entire time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
yeah i also didn't grow up on black and white movies um and and really enjoy them when i do see them i feel like i don't know they just they're like a piece of americana obviously if they're american made but like they just i don't know they they evoke a feeling that you just can't get from movies nowadays true very true yeah i i love old movies i think they're just a, a time capsule to a, a you know something you you can never go back to uh do you guys know who's still alive in this movie oh shit there's somebody the kid probably <sighs> yeah, yeah i want pearl pearl is still alive How old that's is she the thing now, like i 80 80s <laughs> yeah born in 1948 yeah that's the thing that's cool about old movies is you can watch a movie made by people who are all dead today. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. That's like, cool like, as fuck. It, it is. It is. <laughs> oh, no, I agree, Very Joe, because cool. it's like a, it's no, a piece of that. history. Yeah. I mean, these things really are just, like you said, time capsules. And it's impressive yeah. how well they're able to do everything with the limited technology that they had at the time, mm. the limited understanding they had of acting and acting practices. But then again, I mean, some of the greatest actors of all time were, you know, from back in that era, from stage acting and everything. Yeah, it's crazy. This like feels like an old art house. You know what I mean? Like it just, it doesn't feel like a streamlined movie from back then. Well, yeah, that's why it was such a failure, and it was only revived in like in art museum showings and and things like that. Interesting. Uh, I got a question. Why is the name of the movie "The Night of the Hunter"? (laughs) It probably refer refers to the last night when he he's hunting them. But yeah, okay, that I guess that makes sense. Yeah, trying to get in the house and. I think I'm once again. I think I'm spoiled by newer flicks because it felt very anticlimactic at the end. Yeah. Like him just yeah, getting it, shot, it did. running and hiding in the fucking barn for an, an entire night until he was picked up by right. the cops in the morning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this movie was remade in the '90s, but it doesn't even have a Wikipedia page. It was a TV movie. <laughs> it, it's probably terrible, and there's talks of them remaking it. As you of could, 2020, you could remake this and do a really great job with some of the actors we have now. Willem yeah, I, th- I feel like this is a movie yes. that could definitely be remade. <laughs> Holy shit, Willem Dafoe. Holy shit, dude. Holy yeah. shit. <laughs> After noticing this is the first movie, I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure this is the first movie I've seen Robert Mitchum in, but who he remi- who, I was trying to think of who he reminds me of, and it's Peter Falk. He looks like yeah, Peter, Peter Falk. Peter Falk or like old school Kirk Douglas. Yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah. <clears throat> yep, I can see that. I think, was it him and, was it this guy and Kirk Douglas that had beef? I can't remember. There was like two big actors that kind of looked similar that had mad beef and wouldn't work on movies together. And I think it was these oh. two. I don't know. <clears throat> like old school Hollywood drama. <laughs> um, are we ready for ratings? Sure. I think so. Yeah. Let's hear them. I'll go first. (laughs) I I absolutely love this movie. I love the genre, the blending of genres. I think it's really suspenseful. It holds up to me. So I'd give it a nine out of ten. I have some my issues with it are with like the messaging at the end of it. It doesn't have like a cohesive message. And that's really the only thing I, I would fault it for. Any of the technical issues 
I I can't fault it for her. So I it's all it, product of the time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's not a lot you can do about a shaky aerial camera back in 1950-whatever. How about you, Billiam? Oh, I like this movie a lot. Um, I had some issues with just, like, the the pacing. I mean, uh, like that, like we talked about, that's like a product of the time, but it still affects my rating. Um, I don't have nostalgia glasses for this, of course, so... Um, I don't know, the acting was phenomenal, so I really enjoyed... Uh, seeing for the most part, you know, most of the actors were great. Um, so I liked that a lot. Uh, the settings were really good. Movie was fantastic. The music was fantastic, I should say. Um, but all in all, it, it wasn't my favorite thing that we've watched. I'd probably give it like a seven and a half out of 10. I'm a right along Joe. Um, I think this movie was phenomenal. Um, the, any issues that I have are, Right in line with Joe. I just feel like the, the messaging was very muddled in regards to what the movie is trying to get across. But outside of that, almost everything else is on point, especially for the time. Like some of these shots really blew me away for how damn good they were for the time. <laughs> like there was a lot of things that were really, really good here. Um, but yeah, I'm going to have to give it a 9 out of 10 as well. I'm pretty close. I would say 8.5 out of 10. Mostly... Mostly because I, I can't even really pinpoint where the deductions lie outside of just, you know, what uh, the shaky, shaky aerial cam. But again, that's that's for its time. I, I, I just overall really enjoyed seeing another mid-century movie that holds up and could be. Like like we talked about, could be remade. But doesn't need to be. Yeah. I think all we got okay. left is Jeff. Yeah, um, I thought it was okay. As old movies go, I think it's it's a better one. Uh, but just in movies overall, in general, I think I think it shows you know kind of how far we've come um, mm. in the last seventy years. Um, I give it like a six, six and a half. Thank you for listening to the Five Guys Movies and Fries podcast, film reviews, and discussions. Like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. And listen to the audio-only version on Spotify. Thank you. Have a good night.